0: Welcome on into the junior discussion. I am your host, Nestor. Today we have for you an interview with the one, the only B. Dave Walters. I'm going to not waste your time and we'll jump right into the meat of the interview. As always, you can support us on coffee or subscribe to us for our, via our membership program, also on coffee. Links will be in the show notes below. Anyway, let's just dive right into it. Many titles. He is the DM of the great Theogony of Kairos. You probably know him as Victor. Only be- by night? <laughs> Yep, LA by night, as well as the undisputed Baron of the Valley, which is a great title, by the way. Thank you, I appreciate that. <laughs> and creative director for Demiplane RPG. That's true. Also, Dave. there's a
1: person behind you. It's like a scary movie. I'm like, it's coming from inside the house, Nestor. It's uh, coming from inside the house. <laughs>
0: uh, roommate, yeah. Uh,
1: yes. Hello. Hi. Thank you for having me.
0: Great. It's great to have you. I Still amazed you accepted my offer. Hey
1: man, thank you. I I I appreciate the invitation. Glad glad I could do it. (laughs) Oh, oh, always got time to talk shop.
0: All right. Well, I the main focus of the interview will be the wrapping up of season five now of LA by Night, as well (laughs) as the more recent announcement you guys did for Demiplane, which is the Pathfinder Nexus. Yep. And the show to accompany it
1: yep big things happening big things happening yeah pending pending when you're seeing this uh the the uh the finale of la by night is in two days uh friday on the 29th night falls for the final time uh this friday at 8 p.m pacific as far which as is hard hard to say really but you know, there it is
0: is it a little bittersweet going into this fifth season knowing it's the last chapter of the chronicle
1: it's good to know that you will have an end and that end will come on your terms because i've been on a lot of projects that was not the case you know mm-hmm. that it just didn't get renewed or you know got plugged and you know, there was so much more that, that wanted to happen and didn't yeah. um so the fact that we got to consciously tie off our narrative was good but it also meant the stakes were so much higher and i personally knew there was really only two stories left that we hadn't told uh, i had no idea what was going to happen uh, i won't spoil it for anybody who hasn't seen it but I was absolutely right about uh, <laughs> which which one it was going to be. And going into this season, Jason asked us, he's like, look, if you're not in the episode, don't come on set and don't talk to each other about it. So we did not know. Um, so, you know, I had my episode, we shot my episode first and my episode aired first. And so I had some idea what was going to happen in the others, but they all had no clue. So then when you have that first episode, when we're back together and we're telling each other what happened, we really didn't know. And what's funny is, you know, he asked us not to talk about it. And, you know, not all of my castmates were uh, quite so honorable. So, you know, they were like, so what happened in yours? I was like, I'm not going to tell you. And it's like, well, here's what happened in mine. And I'm like, I don't want to know, you know, <laughs> like, stop it. You know?
0: so, very no, hands over the ears. Like, I can't hear you.
1: I can't hear you. No, nope, I'm not listening. Blah, 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 blah. Yep. No. So you, you yep. got, the, those were all, you know, genuine real-time reactions that were happening.
0: Is it is it interesting knowing that you've been able to see Victor go through this very interesting through line? You know,
1: I was... Uh, I I was just talking to somebody About this um, and I pointed out To them something that I don't think a lot of people Notice that every time Victor's Beast spoke to him he agreed with it 100% of the time and that was You know a a conscious Choice in that uh, I was trying To very subtly reflect something That is different about the Ventrue Even though the Beast is still a monster Even a Ventrue's Beast is a monster Ventrue don't ambush turn people Like you're not going to get drunk at a frat party And wake up a Ventrue that's not how it works um You must be invited in. Chances are incredibly high. You spend some time as a ghoul before you're turned. You are a thousand percent clear on on the the fraternity that you're about to join, or for sorority, the, the 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 organization you're about to join, and you do so, you know, with your eyes wide open. Victor does not resent his sire. Unfortunately, spoiler alert: we never get to meet his sire, but I know who his sire is. He doesn't resent his sire, so as mm-hmm. such, he does not resent the voice of the beast. But it also was very intentional on Jason's half that those appeals to ego and appeal to monstrousness and things like, you know, who do they think they are? Show them who's boss. And I am gonna show them who's boss, you know what I mean? That's still pulling him further down the, 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 mm-hmm. sliding, the slide towards being monstrous. And I definitely think Victor becomes more and more relentless all the way up until the end like i mean if, if you if you saw last week yep. you know uh, that, that, uh again won't spoil it but i mean he, yeah he's,
0: agreed yeah no spoilers yeah, here. But,
1: yeah no but he'll uh yeah no he'll sleep like a baby he'll sleep like a baby like there's 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 friends and enemies and the enemies get no mercy it's one of those like hey can we talk this out oh we can't great blam you know <laughs> it's just mm-hmm.
0: that's who he became yeah very much he does not regret any of his life choices leading up to this zero now
1: again you know technically kindred don't sleep when the sun comes up you're just a corpse but if he did it would be like a baby he doesn't regret any of it
0: <laughs> I, I i doubt he does considering you get to potentially stay an undisputed baron of the valley we got one more episode we'll see Yeah, <laughs> one more episode all right so as far as the pathfinder nexus and this whole mm-hmm like multimedia project you have going on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Is it are you hoping that this leads to more digital tool sets potentially for Pathfinder or other I mean, systems?
1: I mean, yeah, that's wild. That's weird. You know, if we were to do it for other games, who can say? That's odd. That's bizarre. Yeah. Who Almost can
0: like say? The, yeah, you can know?
1: say who's a who what a wild idea, you know? Yeah. Um you know, obviously um I have to be more careful uh, about some of the things I say, because obviously in my capacity as creative director, but I, I think we've all seen in recent years how digital tools make the game easier. And by making the game easier, they make it more accessible. Mm-hmm. And, and accessibility is key, you know, lowering the barrier to things. And I, I, have, a, I have an unannounced Dungeons & Dragons project, which... Um, Within the next month or so, you will know what I'm talking about. I have to vague book about it now. But, you know, two to two, two, three weeks, you will know exactly what I mean. Keep and an eye on the twitters. Keep an eye on the tweetograms. Right. Yeah. And we were going through making characters, and they'd gotten players' handbooks for everybody. And some of the people didn't know the game. And they were like, well, what do I need this book for? I'm like, you don't. You know? Well, <laughs> should I reference anything in here? I'm like, No. We're going to do it all in D&D Beyond. We're going to talk you all through making a character. You got any questions about anything, you type it up in that search bar, you know? And they were like, well, but I can still read this part of this part in the book. And I'm like, you can, you just shouldn't because it's all changed so much and it's so much more accessible. And yep. Pathfinder has just a ton of content, just a ton of books. Yep. Um you know, I, I played. I played first edition Pathfinder pretty seriously. I, I ran a game for four years. We went all the way from level one to level twenty and all all yep. ten mythic tiers. Because at the time, I was a fourth edition refugee, like so many other people that Paizo was, you know, built on the back of. Yep. And, you know, if, if if this if the something like the Pathfinder Nexus had existed during my time, you know, that game would have gone on even further and even longer. So being yep. able to to just Make the game more readily available to people in and of itself is a beautiful thing because we all benefit as the hobby expands.
0: Yeah, which leads me into a interesting line of thinking that I had while prepping for this interview. Is that with the idea that we're in like or about setting currently, and a lot of people like, I like the idea of somebody starting up a chronicle of Vampire the Masquerade, where everybody from different clans its primarily just communicating online where their coterie is considered this online group of people.
1: I mean, it could be done, you know, I mean, Shreknet <laughs> collapsed as far as we know, but you know, I'm like, you could probably put together a secure network, hopefully, or it's not a very secure network and then it goes where it goes. But yeah, it was a younger, younger kindred, um, you know, people that grew up in their human life with the internet or thin bloods, the people mm-hmm. of that type. Yeah. That, that very much would be something they'd do
0: yeah it could almost be a plot point for a future
1: show or whatever. I mean, you know, some of us live stream um you know pretty consistently. Uh, so <laughs> that's fine.
0: yeah. As far as the uh, future show you have launching in January, I assume you have more stuff coming down the pipeline in, in, in terms of those regards.
1: Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah yeah the 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 Pathfinder show is just gonna be the first thing and and I mean, in and, and not in not every um saying that more shows are coming doesn't necessarily mean more more tool sets are coming because you know we started with heroes of the planes with D and we don't have a D&D tool set yeah. um but you know things that just prominently feature the platform and just mm-hmm. get attention to the platform you know the more times people hear the name Demiplane, the more likely somebody is to sign up for an account you should sign up for a free account at demiplane.com you can play <laughs> games with your friends and find find friends to play games with um so, you know, that's always useful. And, uh, of course now, you know, w- with a Pathfinder tool set, it makes sense if we're going to do a Pathfinder show to, uh, you know, show off the tools and just get more attention to the game, more attention to Demi playing, more attention to the channel and, you know, just tell a dope story, which is at the end of the day, the name of the game, what we're really Agreed. trying to
0: do. Great. So as far as most of the, like shows and stuff that you've worked on, do you find working remotely now with all of this stuff going on more accessible to reach wider talents
1: yeah i mean in 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 the before times you know yeah. um heads and boxes content was actively looked down on you know that 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 being around the table was a superior experience um and it is still an easier way to play you know mm-hmm. to be able to just feel that vibe you know, and, and just kind of be able to read the room a little better. Um, but because of the now increased acceptance of heads and boxes, because, you know, it was that or don't have a show. Um mm-hmm. You know that is allowed. I've, I've I've participated in in games that you know getting those people in a room would never have happened, uh, and still mm-hmm. will probably never happen. Uh, but the the Black Dice Society wouldn't exist as it does because Tanya's in yep. Chicago, Mark's in Canada, and DJ's in Texas. You know yep. the 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 rest of us are in LA. But that show literally would not be that show mm-hmm. if you know it, it was a solely studio production. And and yeah, I I think in it has somewhat democratize streaming in that even though like live live filming is becoming more uh you know more accessible again like you know for, for the Pathfinder thing like we're gonna bring Mark into town so we will do it all around a table um mm. but um you know that that's conducive for a six shot it's not conducive for an ongoing show like black dice for instance I yeah. mean we're probably all only gonna be in a room together for like con games for instance yeah
0: yeah okay. as far as as speaking on the topic of con games, you guys have packs of you've got the mm-hmm. San Diego Comic Con event, which mm-hmm. I can not imagine has a bit of pressure to the actual session. The idea of that many eyes being on you, does it ever get nerve wracking playing in front of a live audience? Never um i
1: mean but i love that stuff like i mean i i live for that like i mean the the audience and the people and everything like that it's put me in a strange situation because you know i just went to game hole con last week which is my first con in the pandemic Mm -hmm. and in the before times if you ever been to san diego comic-con you ever been to comic-con i don't
0: know what part of the world you're in so i have never been to a convention period oh where are you
1: located If you don't mind saying, if 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 it's if it's it's a private thing, no problem. Zone of safety. I don't mean to ambush
0: you in public. It it is fine. I'm I'm okay with you turning this just interview back on me. Okay. That's what I do. Uh, I am located Philadelphia. Oh okay. Um, I will be in town for the packs unplugged. Uh, you know.
1: cons are great there's a there's a you know 250,000 people go to comic-con or at least they did you know like it's Mm -hmm. it's gonna be it's gonna be a minute before it's 250,000 people again you know possibly never but uh you know Mm -hmm. but that's how it used to be and there's a certain moment when you could come out of the convention center and there was just literally human beings as far as the eye could see in every Mm -hmm. direction there was just people and you know that was that's my moment of maximum power like when my full like super saiyan glow like that's what you know when it comes yeah but now i'm in a position that you know we're in a pandemic and i'm like i need you to get away from me it's actually (laughs) like it's a it's a strange thing to be like yeah the thing i love most but now i actually don't want you know uh but game but game whole con was was great uh you know it was it was low pressure it was pretty light um Already, It just so happens I'm on a project where I get COVID tested weekly and I already found out I'm negative, so dodge that bullet, eh? <laughs> and, um, yep. yeah, it's, uh, it's so, so to, to your question, no. I feel zero pressure when the people are there. I'd, I'd, but, but I also, I feel exactly the same if one person's watching or if 100,000 people are watching. Because, okay. you know, back when, back when LA by Night launched, we had 10,000 live viewers for the first episode, and we had no idea. We didn't know if anybody was going to care about Vampire. We didn't know if it was on too late. We knew it was Friday night, and, um, you know, and those were huge numbers in those days, 10,000 people. And uh, we went to break, and it was like, ooh, so many people are watching. Should we, you know, should we change anything? And I was like, no. They tuned in for this. Let's do this, you know, mm-hmm. like they, but tell our story and put on our show and let the dice fall where they fall and you know now almost a million people have seen that first episode so Mm
0: -hmm. great there's almost a strange bit of comfort knowing that a large number of viewers end up getting drawn into that first episode and there's like no changes that need to be done that you can think of
1: you know um for me it's the reason why I care about the big numbers. And this was something that actually the rock said that he's like, you know, the reason why I care about being a part of like a billion dollar box office movie, he's like, it's not the money. The money's nice, but it's not the money that if a movie has a big box office, it means it reached that many people Mm -hmm. that, you know, what what the story we told and the ride, we took them on enough P of so many people have taken that journey, which is the point. You know that's yep. what we're really trying to do is 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 take you along with us on a trip, <laughs> which you know the to, for me, I mean, I consider myself first and foremost a storyteller, even though that manifests in many 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 different modes and outlets. Um, you know, I write for film and television. I I, I DM and play you know D and D and Vampire. You know all these other games and stuff. Mm. But you know, for my money, storytelling is what makes us human. You know, in in, in the fullness of time, when we find out what crows and elephants and dolphins are saying to each other, maybe they're telling stories too. But as of this exact second, we're the only ones that can sit around a fire and talk about the labors of Hercules and take meaningful, actionable insights about life from. Only we can do that. And so I take very seriously being able to give people two or three hours to forget about their troubles because life is hard man it's gotten mm-hmm. a lot harder lately you know catastrophically so for some people and being able to say hey won't you just forget about everything that's happening and let's just let's tell a vampire story or mm-hmm. a spooky dnd story or you know wh- whatever else is coming down the pipeline you know that's that's mm-hmm. that's why that's so important
0: to me all right so as far as what I can, th- I I imagine since you're part of different properties, you step into a uh, ton of different settings. Is there mm-hmm. any settings and systems that you particularly like, love, and like to go back to besides obviously like Ravenloft and domains of dread?
1: Yeah, I'm like you know and- D&D and vampire. Um, you know that that's kind of the um, you know the bread and the butter for me. Uh, but the and, but obviously, we're working on Into the Motherlands. We're creating Into the Motherlands, like in real time as we speak. Oh, that reminds me. I got to have a big meeting about Motherlands on Saturday. Did I double book myself? I don't think I did. Y'all are seeing this in real time, by the way. Then I'm like, yo, did I schedule two things at the same time? I don't think I did. Um, you know, e- e- one of the questions you have to ask yourself is, you know, what what is the s- system designed to simulate? You know, I give this example a lot, you know, Outbreak Undead is incredibly crunchy, because it's trying to simulate life real life, you know, like that door busts open and zombies come in. And I'm like, Okay, I'm going to take this dice box and I'm going to throw one hit it in its head. And then I'm going to do a cartwheel and jump out that window over there. Uh, Are you? (laughs) You sure? You know, let's, yes. check that, let's check that that is that's far more improbable than you think. That's what Outbreak is trying to get across. You have a set of something like D&D, which is explicit. You can do what it says you can do. You cannot do what it does not say you can do. Uh, it is never completely shook its roots as a grid-based war game, you know. Um, that has its place in a, in a certain simplicity, but it also is kind of a binary pass-fail system. You hit or you miss. Um, There's certain allowance for a crit where you hit big or, uh, you know, a natural one where you miss big but for the most part, if you beat the if you beat the goal by five or 10 points means no difference than if you got the number exactly or if you missed it by one you still missed something like the world of darkness is implicit. What do you intend? What are you trying to do? You tell me what your intent is, and I will tell you what to roll, and we'll see if you can make it happen or not. You know, in, in the Vampire Player's Guide, there's a power called celerity, and there is an, an inset that says, how fast is fast? And it's like, fast enough. You know, this 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 isn't 35 feet per round, you know, it, with the dash action. That's not vampire. It's like, you're fast yeah. enough,
0: you know? Okay. Yeah. There's a There's a weird comfort in how loose Vampire is with those rule sets and Mm -hmm. that you can, so long as it narratively makes sense, you could probably pull it off. Although I realized
1: I didn't actually answer your question of what systems did I want to go back to. I'm I'm blessed that, you know, because people ask me things like, ooh, what game do you want to play that you have? And I'm like, there's not any. If I want to do something, I do it. Uh, but uh, I would say, you know, w- something I love, uh, my, my favorite game of all time that people are surprised to always hear is Battlelords of the 23rd century. I love Battlelords. Um, it is Aliens meets the fifth element. That's Battlelords. Um, you saw me right I, there. Yeah, right. And, and I, I was able to do some content for them with their recent launch of their sixth edition. Uh, mm-hmm. The new aliens from Free League. I've heard good things about. Haven't had a chance to try that yet um you know avatar hasn't come out yet you know i'll be looking forward to playing that when it comes out too so um yeah i'm, I'm eh, sign me up for all of it
0: i imagine you get approached by a number of companies to do various sponsored things i sir is, is there any property that you would love to work with that you haven't had the chance to yet as far as like maybe yes
1: uh so every game that was formative to me, you know, Battle Lords, d d vampire, werewolf in particular, I've gotten to do something for, you know, I've gotten to do something official for. But the very first game I ever played was a game called Rifts uh, by Palladium. Yeah. Uh, it, it, I won't say anything else about it, especially because this is expressly under me being like, I want to do something for it, you know, but just to round out the bingo card of having contributed to formative content, something for something with riffs and palladium even if it weren't Mm -hmm. riffs it's something for palladium because the the very first time people people ask why how i got started i started playing uh playing when i was 13 playing riffs but years earlier than that when i was eight i think eight or nine Mm -hmm. my mom took me to a hobby shop for my birthday and i saw ninjas and super spies which if you've never seen ninjas and super spies on the cover, there's a battle happening and a ninja is shooting a dude in the face. And the dude is shooting him back with a laser sold instantly bought ninjas and super spies, took it home, opened it up. And I just saw these numbers and graphs. And I told my mom, I was like, Oh, this is a computer book. And we returned it. And I bought a model of the enterprise. And that was my birthday gift. And then years later, I did get another copy of Ninjas and Super Spies. But, you know, I guess Palladium was there at the beginning, 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 beginning. So, yeah, (laughs) you want to do something with that.
0: All right. that's that is interesting, considering Mm -hmm. the depth and variety of source books that Briss has in that they've put out a book or 40. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In which you can derail a campaign very quickly with Macross and Gods and Deities.
1: You know, there were some creep issues. There were, there was, there were some creep issues. But again, we're talking expressly within the context of me contributing something, so I will refrain from further commentary. Yes.
0: <laughs> All right. There is a considering your work with like Motherlands, writing mm-hmm. the book, mm-hmm. and I know we can't say whether or not the fourth season is in the works or not mm-hmm. officially. Is there anything as far as like? game design for like a system that's not D20 based. Is there some th- some unique challenges that you have found that you have been able to run into or overcome?
1: Um, you know, only everything, you know, uh, again, it, it all begins with that question of what are we trying to simulate?
0: You know, what
1: yeah. the core design ethos of Into the Motherlands is is self-determination. You know, uh you are who you choose to be not not what you've been defined as that is why the game doesn't have an attribute system we don't have strength con you know dex wisdom none of that stuff because there is an insidious inheritance of a lot of the games that we really love Mm -hmm. that it's you know the fair-skinned blonde ones are smarter and wiser you know the dark-skinned brutish ones are strong you know, but but dimwitted, you know, that in a lot of these um, uh, implications, you know, went unchallenged for a very long time. And it's changing. But you know, it still was a recurring theme. Uh, The same thing, the concept of having evil races, because any correlation between race and morality is problematic. Anytime you are bad, because of what you are is wrong, just like you're good, because of what you are, is wrong, you know, because again, it's the implication that some people are innately superior to others. And that's highly problematic. You know, that's been an issue in this world of ours. So, you know, we set out to make that not a thing. You know, um, you also have to make the game familiar enough to be intuitive, but you also have to separate it from D&D you know obviously D&D is the biggest game in town and a lot of us that are on this game are are working on motherlands have worked on D&D so then we got to make it not D&D that's why we have professions and not classes you know Mm -hmm. um cultures and not races although we just didn't want to call them races for a lot of reasons but you know knowing things like that being our design ethos we run into questions like uh you know we were discussing in our last developers meeting about whether or not we wanted there to be an option to multi-class And there was some debate there, which, you know, that's my jam in D&D anyway. Like, my main (laughs) character, Freely, is a bard, warlock, paladin, sorcerer, so he's four classes. Um, But, uh, you know, the thing that I just said to them straight up is I was like, well, what's more self-determinant to say I started as a warrior, but I would choose to become a pilot, or at least pick up some piloting, Mm -hmm. or I chose to be a warrior and therefore I'm a warrior to the end of my days, you know? Mm -hmm. That that choice makes itself when you understand what your guiding design principle is, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, we're also designing it for a certain amount of flexibility, like the storyteller system with the world of darkness, Mm -hmm. you know, mage, wraith, werewolf, and changeling um, uh, in vampire, of course, are 80% the same game, you know. Uh, some of the minutiae obviously the lore is different some of the minutiae how some specific powers work is different but you know once you understand attribute plus skill you know attribute plus superpower you got it you know mm-hmm. so we're we're designing with that in mind that is you know what what are more applications of the system down the line um that mm-hmm. we'll be able to do so stuff like that because <laughs> you know the, again back to the outbreak scenario how or something like Call of Cthulhu where mm-hmm. you know it, it, it this this is a psychological drama of the slow unraveling of your sanity how you represent that numerically is not the same thing than if you're like I'm going to have a dinosaur pro wrestling game you know um but then you know you have something like cipher system in in cortex also where um it can be generic, but sometimes you can run the risk of it becoming too broad, you know. Mm-hmm. Sorry, but a very long day. Normally, I, I would have faked that out if it was just audio, but you beautiful people can see me you Saw that I yawned, um, mm-hmm. you know, so, you know, trying to make it um, trying to make the table broad enough that it can fit the whole family, but not so broad that, you know, it stretches outside and all the bugs get in, basically, you know, because trying to appeal, trying to reach everyone is the same as trying to reach no one. Mm
0: -hmm. That is more profound than I think most of us realize. (laughs) (laughs) It's my
1: gift to you. It'd be two in the morning, um, (laughs) you know, be staring at the ceiling like, wait a second.
0: Yeah, I'm seeing as how we are sort of running over, I'm going to call our interview here, we can always probably if people love us enough, you know, demand more of this, who knows?
1: You know, I am nothing <laughs> if not a man of the people we can we work it out if you need me back.
0: All right. Anyway, it is great to have been able to talk to you be Dave and be able to dissect sort of the inner workings of that mysterious mind
1: you know it is it is my pleasure because i think people are often surprised to find out that it's like i love talking about the things i love as much as i love doing the things i love you know like the psychology and the strategy of it
0: you know yeah, yeah i love okay. it all yeah as always this has been the discussion we talk all things behind the scenes as far as streaming and our favorite people's obsessions Sorry,
1: I had a secret. I had a secret message for the people that can see me. Sorry, audio listeners, you should pay for the upgraded version so you can see the video and then you'll know what it was (laughs) I just just did for him.